Now, this is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage moving Hello and welcome to Box to Box, the show that is everything football on Macquarie Radio, NTS News Talk Sport. You're with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. First edition news with Willem van Denderen in a moment, but the A-League is at the sharp end. But as our attention turns to the finals, we're going to look ahead to next season with the Chief Football Writer of the Australian, Ray Gatt, who broke the news this week that Liverpool legend, after a stint in the A-League as a player, Robbie Fowler, will return to Australia as coach of Brisbane Raw next season. That is a, a big coup for the domestic league and hopefully a shot in the arm for the profile of the competition going forward, not only in Australia but around the world. And as we say, farewell to a group of players critical to the foundation of that very A-League, one of those who will forever be remembered as a legend of the Sky Blues. Sydney FC's Alex Bross joins us ahead of his last regular season game, ahead of the finals. Then with the final round of the A-League already underway, we'll not only chat to our very own former Notts County man and 250-game veteran of the Victorian Premier League, Dean Hennessy, but also our resident tipping scrutineer, young Jono, to go through his box-to-box season tipping leaderboard direct from KPMG. In the second hour, as we always do, we'll kick off with second edition news and the latest on Socceroo Central and Matilda Central, of course, then with all the European actions also coming to a head over the next few weeks. Optus Sports' Richard Bayless, I chatted to him just before he got on the uh, big jumbo to head over to uh, the UK. He has landed in London and to take it all in at the uh, back end of the season. Very exciting times for him. He'll join us fresh off that plane from Heathrow and then we'll get stuck in all the rest of the European action including Dino wouldn't let a box-to-box episode get by without delving deep into the championship and then of course stoppage time where we're going to remember fondly an absolute legend of uh, of the international game and, uh, and, and a man who was um, pivotal in, in putting European football um, on, well, not necessarily on the map, but the first man to lift the trophy, Billy, Billy uh, McNeil, uh, the former Celtic captain, uh, a legend of the game edge. Um, it's been, we always say, a big week in football. Been a big week in football. Um, lots to talk about on the show tonight. Really looking forward to that. But um, big uh, shout out to Sydney FC, who put in a wonderful performance in Shanghai in the Asian mm. Champions League midweek. I thought Intimidating crowd. I thought that was a super effort. It really was. And they are well and surely alive. They've got a big game against Ulsan Hyundai in uh, Korea, their next start. But they now run into the finals, uh, backing up against Asian Champion Leeds games. It's going to be difficult for them, but but I thought that was worthy of a shout-out. Can't wait to see the impact of Robbie Fowler in mm. Brisbane. I'm expecting some pretty big... Um, Reported on all the, the major news sites yeah, uh, in the UK. As, as you would expect so. And I expect, because his network in football would be good, I'm expecting the international players that uh, will come to Brisbane Raw next year uh, to have an impact. Um, speaking of Brisbane Raw, farewell Matt Mackay. Uh, we're re- mm. recording this after Brisbane uh, went down 5-3 to Adelaide um, uh, in the first game of the Anzac uh, weekend fixtures. Uh, and a really sad day to see Matt Mackay retire. He's really been a... He's had a fabulous career, but he's been with us in the A-League uh, for so long. Had a, well, since the start, 14 a, years. Yeah, yeah, had a stint in career, obviously a stint uh, over at Rangers uh, in the UK and uh, an impact at international level too. So Matt Mackay, farewell. And... Um, and the Matildas, we might talk about them in the second edition news. The Matildas continue to impact in the national 
Women's Soccer League in the USA, but a, a few on injury watch, and we've got a bit of an update on and that as well. I'm looking forward to chatting to Broski as well, one of the other retirees alongside of uh, Carl Valeri and Mark Bridge. Are you nervous? Too. Jono's in the house tonight. He's, he's going to... I'm nervous, Edge. You're, you're nervous, aren't you? No, nah, never nervous. You are really I'm always nervous. bold, brave, tipster. I just go with my heart, and uh, I'm prepared to take the slings and well, arrows of our wonder, look, I mean, I've pretty much dominated this uh, leaderboard for the last... And you've, and ever since we've been going... About you, ever since I've known you, you've been a humble man, Edge, and, well, I think and nothing I'm, changes. I th- I'm nervous. <laughs> I think I'm in trouble. I think I'm in trouble. Willem, what do you got for Hello, us? Michael. As mentioned off the top, it's taken four months and a reported 150 candidates, but Robbie Fowler has emerged as Brisbane Raw's new manager. It will be Fowler's first full-time prof- professional position following a brief player-coach stint in 2012. While his inexperience as a coach has drawn criticism, Fowler is, of course, familiar with the A-League, having spent time at North Queensland and Perth. Despite being his first job, Fowler is adamant he won't lack for commitment. Look, you know, I think I've shown people how passionate and how committed I am by obviously coming over here for the start, uh, and obviously that passion and commitment by doing, you know, every required, you know, no badge that's needed. Willem, what do you think about that appointment? Um, it was a, it's a big one, obviously internationally, it's made some news, but do you think it will work for Brisbane Raw? Yeah, I think it could be all right. I'll reserve judgment for now. There has been a lot of criticism. I think, importantly, Darren Davies is staying on as an assistant. He's also bringing over Tony Grant from Blackpool. That's his right-hand I man. think that is the important one because he's charged with the development of players and he's had, he got a great track record. I think he won the under-18 Premier League with Blackburn at some point. So, um, look, what will be interesting, and I hope Robbie's done his due diligence here, they were talking to each other for a long time, was that Brisbane Roar's promised a lot and hasn't delivered financially off the field mm-hmm. in terms of um, marquee plays. They've been well under the uh, the rest of the A-League clubs in terms of their marquee signings. So, I mean, if you can't sign some decent internationals to put into your squad, you won't do well in the A-League. So let's just see what Robbie can turn up. The young Matildas have travelled to Mandalay, Myanmar for the second phase of qualifying for the 2019 AFC Under-19 Women's Championships. Coached by Gary Van Egmont, they will play Nepal, Myanmar and Uzbekistan. They must finish first or second in the group to reach the eight-team championships. Finishing in the top three in those championships will see them make the 2020 Under-20s Women's World Cup. Ed, you are uh, the specialist on women's football on this show. Uh, uh, Do you um, think this is uh, just a matter of getting through the tournament? Um, uh, The, the, you know... uh, how to underestimate um, the minnows of the world football will always bite you on the bum, but um, but this does not look like um, a, a group that we uh, we ought to have too much trouble with. You're right. Uh, I am critical of Gary Van Engwan's approach to this age group because um, we went to China a couple of years ago and and come fourth in the uh, in the championship, which meant we missed the World Cup. This uh, group really should uh, do better than that. What's interesting, though, we've got some pretty experienced W League players in this group. Melinda Barbieri, Kyra Cooney-Cross, their names that followers of the women's game would know. Mary Fowler, who's played for the Matildas at senior level. She's there with her sister, Kiara. Um, Mary is a, a very really interesting to see how she goes in that age group, um, as well as players like Emily Hodgson, um, and Carly Rest, Rest Bacon, uh, uh, Amy Sayer, who's also played at uh, Matilda's level. So there is enough talent there to expect that we will be able to get across the line against Nepal and Uzbekistan without too much trouble. But Myanmar at home are the challenge. They are actually ranked quite highly in Asia at this age group, um, and there'll be a full house when they play. They'll be playing in front of 40,000 people in that game. Perth Glory have announced Diego Castro has signed a two-year contract extension, which will likely see him through to the end of his career. 
Castro stated the incoming Bruno Fornaroli urged him to sign on, and that despite being 36 years old, he's still learning off manager Tony Popovich. Even if his output is a little bit less in the next two years than it has been, this is the sort of uh, signing that's fantastic for club culture, I think. He's adored in the West, and you can't be letting players like him walk out the door. Absolutely. They've got, they've got a arsenal of strikers, haven't they? I know they've lost Santalab, but uh, uh, Fornaroli joining Perth Glory, joining Castro Economides. Keo um, resigned. Keo resigned. Um, Kianese, you're running around. Uh, they've got uh, an arsenal of uh, firepower over there at Perth. They, they'll obviously want to uh, not only go go back to back in the A League, but probably push on to see what they can do in the Champions League. Well, the question is going to be which players will miss out on that Champions League list. Uh, there'll have to be some of those big names um, that don't uh, get the opportunity to play Champions League. So, will some of those players have signed with stipulations in their contract that they must play Champions League? I wonder what Fornaroli's uh, residency status would be. He's been here for so long that he might mm. be uh, like. There was a question at one point as to whether he'd qualify for Australia. I think he's getting close to being able to maybe get a a citizenship. So maybe that's a bit of a sneaky uh, option for Perth Glory to get him in uh, under an Australian citizenship rather than the international visa spot, which we know there's only three of because Dean reminds us every single show. Sam Kerr has been named as one of five nominees for the PVC Women's Footballer of the Year. 2018 saw Kerr clinch her second successive golden boot in both the W League and National Women's Soccer League. She also became the all-time leading goalscorer in both competitions. She was also named Matilda's captain. You can vote for Sam on the BBC Sport website up until May the 2nd. That's exciting news, isn't it? And uh, we, uh, we saw that story on, on the BBC. So, yeah. Danielle Harder from VFL Wolfsburg, Ada Hegerberg, Olympic Lyonnais, Lindsay Horan, Portland Thorns, and uh, Saka Kumagai from Olympic Lyonnais. So, uh, pretty uh, uh, good company. But the big challenge in a vote like that is uh, the lack of population that we have, isn't it? Um, yes, that's, that's a popular vote. A popular vote uh, but, uh, you know, the power club in European women's football, mm. Olympic Lyonnais. Incredible, isn't. incredible club. All right, well, well done, my friend. Um, now we're going to talk more on that Robbie Fowler story with Ray Gatti. He's the bloke that broke the story. Gatti. Um, so, Gatti, the chief football writer of The Australian, after the break on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal. Yes, this is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport, and it wouldn't be an A-League or a football season for that matter without the Chief Football Writer of the Australian Ray Gat breaking a few stories. And the big one this week was that Robbie Fowler, Liverpool legend, coming back after a playing stint to coach the Brisbane Raw. Gaddy, a welcome back to the show, mate. Back, guys. Great to talk. Mate, this is exciting stuff. Uh, you know, after uh, a season where you know there's been plenty of uh, headlines for the wrong reasons. Uh, across so many areas, off-field, um, poor crowds, quality of the game, etc. We, we need a, a big shift in dynamic uh, and, um, and and some uh, excitement about the new season and, uh, and, a, and a player of Robbie Fowler's calibre coming back to coach uh, with his badges, uh, um, as we all know now, is, um, is uh, just the sort of uh, the kind of medicine the competition needs. Yeah, Rob, look, obviously he's not playing, but he's going to be coaching, so... You know, off the field, I think he's going to be massive for the A-League next season. Such a high-profile, you know, former player. We know what he, what he's done. Uh, you know, he's going to bring a lot of media to the Brisbane Roar. He's going to bring a lot of fans, members, and, you know, possibly sponsorships. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a good move for the Roar. Look, a lot, you know, I, I, I think it's a coup. Some people believe it's going to be the biggest mistake in, in the club's history. But, you know, time's going to tell. Um 
yeah, sure, he doesn't have the experience of coaching senior side, but um, he's got his pro licences. He played over 400 games yeah, in the Premier League. He's played for England. Yeah, he's played in Australia. He knows the A-League. So, you know, I say good luck to the Brisbane Raw. I think that's a smart move on their, on, on, you know, on their behalf. Ray, um, I'm interested to know what you think, whether the Brisbane Raw ownership and administration will support him by allowing him to probably use the full salary cap, in particular when it comes to marquee players. Um, people have re- in recent times have been critical of Brisbane's internationals that they've recruited. What do you think? Do you think the club will back it up with um, uh, some extra funds to allow him to do something significant? Yeah, look, you, you, you'd hope so. It'd be stupid to have someone of uh, Fowler's calibre there, you know, and with his connections overseas and the type of players you can find, and not give him the, you know, the financial support. You know, he, he, they're going to need that, you know, the, the money to buy some, you know, decent players, and I'm sure he can attract those decent players. You said he's got so many great connections, not just with Liverpool, around the world and and England. So, you know. It'll be foolish of them not to, you know, now that they've got someone of his calibre, not to, not to give him the support that he, he deserves. Otherwise, they're going to be heading, you know, heading for a big fall. Uh, Gut, it's Dino here. Well, welcome back to the show again. Um, just regards to, like, the current players of the same era of Robbie Fowler, like you've got... Uh, Frankie Lampard and obviously Steven Gerrard have gone to Rangers and Derby respectively, which were quite reasonably high profile considering. Yeah. I think what Robbie Fowler's done though, it's gone to Australia to get most probably away from the scrutiny that they get each and every week. And you only have to look at uh, what happened to Paul Scholes. You know that that was a disaster yeah. waiting to happen. And I think the other good point that he's done is he's, he's retained Darren Davis, who's been around the A League for a long time. I know Darren personally myself very well and he's a he's a really he's a good man and a really good coach and also he's brought Tony Grant over. So I think he's got a lot of things right already. Now it's obviously going to be now that transition into now managing footballers that most probably couldn't have laced his boots, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Look, I had a good chat with Robbie during uh, the other day. He's very big on man management. I think I think that's a, a skill that yeah a lot of coaches don't don't have at the moment. But uh, yeah and you're right look Marcus Babbel's been here in Australia too, don't forget, and he played with Robbie and he's been at the Wanderers, had, had a bit of a tough season as well, but yeah, very smart move by Robbie Fowler to, you know, to, to cut his teeth in a, in a competition away from the glare of the English media, who can be very, very cruel, you know, if he started losing a couple of games over there as a manager, they'd be right on his back, but he, I think people will cut him some latitude, and, and you're right, he's got some uh, good people surrounding him. Yeah, and Tony Grant and, um, and Darren, who yeah, I've got a high opinion of, and a lovely guy, and I, I think uh, between the three of them, I think they can do a pretty good job there as well. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talksport. We're talking to the Chief Football Writer of the Australian Ray Gat about the Brisbane Raw signing of Robbie Fowler as coach for the coming season. Um, we know the great success that Ange Postacoglu and Mike Mulvey subsequently had um, at the Raw. Uh, there is a latent support uh, that we know um, with some wins will come back. Uh, how disaffected do you think that um, that Raw crowd um, is right now after the uh, the, the unreliability of, of both the side um, on the field and, and the administration over uh, recent years. So do you think they're uh, ready to come back? Or Yeah, Rob, they are 100% correct. Yeah, it's, it's been a tough se- season for them. I know a lot of the Raw fans aren't happy with the, with the ownership of the club. They don't believe the owners have done it enough to, to move the club forward. And we know that the backers have, you know, in the past, tried to tried to sell the club and trying to do things on, on the cheap. But, 
Yeah, look, I think the fact that Sal has come on board is going to be part of the way to repairing some of the damage that's been done over the last 18 months. Or, you know, if you look at social media, a lot of people are excited by it. I think the Raw fans are prepared to, to, you know, to back Robbie Fowler and, and to give him a chance. And um, no, I think there's going to be a bit of a buzz around the club yeah, next season, for sure. I think, I, think the big thing, I think the big thing for Robbie, but he'll need to get his foreign players right. He, you know, that's that's going to be the biggest issue issue for him. He's going to need to bring in, you know, the right sort of foreign players and hopefully a marquee as well. Absolutely. I think you're right, uh, Ray. If you get support from the administration, it will be a, a club that uh, can bounce back pretty quickly. Uh, just changing tack for a moment, uh, Central Coast Mariners, um, what yep. can you tell us about their approach to Alan Stagic and whether there is an opportunity for Alan to remain on um, full-time? Um, do you have any info there, Gaddy? Absolutely. I, I believe he signed a, uh, uh, a deal last Friday, uh, three-year contracts. Uh, he'll be announced uh, probably early next week. I, I think they were going to announce it this week, but once the uh, Robbie Fowler story broke, I think they, they rightly thought, well, you know, we're going to lose a bit of traction here in publicity because it'll all be about Robbie Fowler. So I think, you know, very smart move that they'll announce him next season. Another situation there, same as Robbie Fowler. He needs to be supported by, by the club administration. They need to give him the financial resources to be able to go into the market and, and try and build, rebuild that squad because, uh, you know, they just can't allow things to just, yeah, run, run along as they have over the last couple of seasons. Otherwise, they're going to end up with another wooden spoon. Well, I mean, without sort of sugarcoating or pulling any punches, they have lacked ambition and been um, extremely disappointing. So do you have a sense that they're going to approach next season differently? I've got my doubts, to be honest. I really think that Mike uh, Charlesworth needs some support uh, in terms of ownership of the club. They do. They have brought on a couple of um, board members. One guy is Anton Tagliafero. He's, um, you know, he's involved with the club in Malta you know, in their Super Premier League over there. Pretty switched on sort of a guy. Um, he's in a financial guy as well, so maybe... Uh, you can help bring some uh, much-needed funds to the club. But, uh, yeah, look, they've got to get off their backside uh, next season. They've got to show some intent. Look, they did show a little bit at the start of the season. Tommy Orr and, and Ross McCormack, unfortunately, both you know, suffered from injuries and we didn't see nearly enough of them, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, again, uh, they need to get their um, foreign players right. Otherwise, they're going to... And Gaddy, before we let you go, you're very close to the Stagic story. Um, uh, has uh, the the, uh, the conversation um, with the uh, the FFA died off because a settlement is imminent? Um, what do you know about the uh, the situation there? Yeah, Rob, I'm not too sure what's happening now. It has died off. We all expected to die off, didn't we? I think once Stag's uh, got the job at the Mariners, I think it sort of calmed calmed the waters a little bit. Uh, I think Stadge is happy now. He, you know, he, he's going to have a three-year contract doing something that he's always wanted to do, coaching the senior side, senior men's side in the A-League. And, uh, yeah, look, so far he's shown that yeah, he's more than capable of doing the job. Uh, he's certainly turned the Mariners around. They've got a lot more organised. The results have been a lot better. Two wins, fantastic effort. He can finish off with another win. That would be absolutely brilliant work from him. And, uh, 
uh, fingers crossed if the club can support him next season, then uh, you know he can really show what he can do. Yeah, I guess that's in everyone's interest for uh, for that story to, to move right along. Gaddy, great to talk to you again, mate. Um, you enjoy uh, the Central Coast, mate. Um, many memories of the Gilbert family going up to the entrance and uh, and uh, going to Clifford's Fish and Chips, and uh, none of the Pelicans would have got a chip when any of us were around, mate. I can, I can imagine, mate. I can imagine. Mate, they would have been lucky to lick the salt off the newspaper. <laughs> Don't waste, didn't waste food in those days, did <laughs> No way, mate. All right, Gaddy. Yeah. Um, thanks oh, again, no. mate. Enjoy your night. Great to talk. You too. Bye, Okay, Bye. good friend Ray Gatt, Chief Football Writer of the Australian. Okay, we're going to stick with A-League, but we're going to talk to a legend on the field. Alex Broski's missing this weekend, but hopefully he'll be fit and firing, ready to go for the uh, the finals campaign. So Alex Brox retiring at Sky Blue after the break on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you the Chemist Warehouse, home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King, the king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. This is Box to Box, and amongst the uh, legends of the A-League that are retiring this season, one of our favourite players, we wish he'd go on for one more year. He is uh, originally a Marconi Stallion boy back in 2001, played 55 games for uh, for the Stallions before he uh, headed off to, to Europe uh, briefly, um, but uh, in the A-League kicked his uh, career off with uh, Brisbane Raw before playing 100 games for Sydney FC. Another stint overseas and then returning to Sydney FC. Of course, I talk about Alex Brosk. Welcome to Box to Box again, Alex. Uh, thanks, mate. Thanks for me on. And when you get to this end of the career, um, after you know several hundred games uh, of club football around the world, uh, you capped for Australia 21 times. Um, you went through from the 20s and the 23s. Uh, do, you, do you get to this stage of your career, uh, and you, you know you, you may just get the fairy tale finish, even though you're injured for this final game um, at the uh, the age of 35, and think uh, you know how quickly it's all gone. When you look back at certain things, I guess yes, but um, yeah, when I look back at sort of when I first started and, and moments, um, you know, and, and, and mates and teammates that I played with, it all seems so long ago. So I think, it, look, the way that I'm currently feeling, which is just completely exhausted and, yeah. and, and ready to retire, I think, <laughs> um, look, it, it does at times seem like it, it's gone in a, in a flash, but um, most times, no. I mean, there, there's so much to sort of look back and... Um, and enjoy that. I think, um, yeah, it's, it's it's been a fun ride, and and, and definitely one that's uh, that's taken its time. And just to touch on, uh, you know, those early days of the A League, uh, back in uh, in the the o five o six season when you when you signed with Brisbane Raw, uh, you did come back from from Europe, and that was a leap of faith yourself because you you know you were you were in the early stages of your career back then, and uh, and would have been entitled to back yourself. Uh, uh, to, to perhaps stay in Europe, but uh, but you came home and, uh, and helped set up this new competition. Uh, no regrets there. No, none at all, none at all. Look, looking back on it, I think for me, um, look, it, it's a part I've sort of spoken about it a few times in, in different um, interviews lately, where where I, I've mentioned that to go overseas and, and, and make a real good career overseas. Like I look at the guys uh, before me that that did it. You know, guys like Popovich, Grella, Bresciano, that golden generation that we had. It's the way it had to be. Like you, you couldn't have. Uh, you, you were always told as a young player you couldn't really have a successful career in Australia. You had to go abroad and, and, and make it in Europe. And those guys, I mean, they they slugged it in tough leagues before, for many years before eventually cracking, um, you know, your Premier Leagues and Serie A and, and Aloisi in his case La Ligas. So it, it took a long time for them to get there. And I think 
the mental strength that you need to have to do that um, is incredible. And I didn't have that. You know, for me, after that first year in Belgium, um, you know, a lot of things went uh, were difficult, and I found it really hard. And for me, injuries when the as well. Only, injuries as well, of course, and. Um, the whole experience was difficult, but for me, when the A-League started, it was an excuse for me to come back home, you know, and, and, and um, it, 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 look, I was sort of being tried uh, to, com- like, people were trying to convince me to stay overseas, and look, you know, going back to Australia is, is a step backwards, and, you, and you, you know, you shouldn't do that, but for me, like I said, it was an excuse. I didn't have that mental strength um, back then to to stay there and to, and to tough it out. For me, it was an excuse to come back home, and, and um try and get my career back on track as well um, and ever since then I've loved every moment so no, I know I definitely don't regret coming back from, from Europe Broski it's Dino here now I'm a little bit disappointed <laughs> I've just looked at your date of birth and when you were born and yep. and I arrived in February of 1983 so I'm right. feeling pretty old now really old <laughs> Um, but look, well, you got to put it in the context here because Broski's birthday is the twelfth of October, nineteen correct? And I got here in February, so like I can't believe. I mean, you weren't even born when I first arrived here, and and I can tell you from uh, from from being brought up in Britain, went to America with my dad because he was coaching over there. Australia's been a great home for me and for my football and, and all, all of the, the, the families and friends that we've got over here. It's been brilliant and it's been, it's been good for me as a footballer and now then a coach and now a technical director. So the mental thing, I think, is a massive thing and I'm glad you've touched on that because I think every player at one stage must go through that mental state where things aren't going right, whether it's a long-term injury or possibly, yep. you know, some something where they're not in form or yeah, there's many, many things, but I think mental attitude. And, and I look at yours in the past, let's say three, four, five years has been outstanding. And, and, and your performances have got better and better year after year. Yeah. I think, like you said, for me personally, every, every player's uh, path is, is different, you know, and, and every player matures at different stages um, of their career. But for me, going uh, to Europe at, at that moment, um, I just wasn't ready, you know, and I didn't have what it took mentally um, to stay there and, and, and to, to push on through, you know, the injuries and, and the coach sort of playing me out of position, all those things that just didn't, I just couldn't sort of cope with it. Um, and I came home and then eventually had another spell overseas when, when you know, in, in, in Asia, when I've just felt more mature, I felt I was ready, I felt the time was right. And that's what worked for me, you know. I think everyone everyone is different, every player is different. Um, and that's why, like I said, I look back at those the generation we had um, and what it took for them to get to where they got to and, and just look at it in, in awe, basically, in, in everything they did because it takes more than just being a, a good quality footballer um, to make it over there. With regards to your, your career in, in from its entirety, from starting off at Marconi and obviously finishing off this season, hopefully, with, uh, with another medal around your neck... Um, some of the highs and some of the lows, some of the best characters that you've met in the game, uh, whether it be abroad or here, and most probably the best player you've played against versus, uh, you know, some of your favourite players that you've been around. Yeah, good. A lot of questions there. But <laughs> I could go on for a little while, but uh, off the top of my head, I think there's there's been a lot of moments. Um, again, like, like I said before, I've been sort of answering a lot of these questions lately, and 
Um, there, there's a couple of moments that stick out, you know. I think um, definitely back when I was growing up, looking, you know, the NSL, um, my dream was to, to some, you know, play for Marconi. And, and when I, um, you know, when I managed to do that, make my debut, and then three games later score um, the winning goal, in, which was my first goal uh, for the for the team, that was a special moment. Um, and then, of course, you know, representing your country, for me, the Socceroos and, and also at the Olympics were, were both um, incredible experiences. And, and then sort of a bit more locally, I think definitely winning uh, the championship two years ago with Sydney was, um, was a real highlight. I think uh, especially as you do get older, you, you know, you, you tend to sort of wonder, um, you know, how much you have left and, and what you will actually sort of achieve in those last couple of years. Um, so to achieve what we did as a club and as a, as a squad um, sort of towards the back end of my career and the way we did it, that 16-17 that grand final year really sort of sticks out um, from a football perspective, I guess. Um, and, and players, well, I, think, I think at Sydney we've been very fortunate to have you know, guys like Janino, uh, Benito Carboni come and play for us. Um, you know, guys like Ninkovic as well, Adrian, um, those guys, all of them, incredible. Janinho, I mean, a World Cup winner to come yeah. back here in Australia and, 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 you know, have him as a number 10 feeding you uh, balls was was incredible. I look back at that, at that now and think, you know, it, it was just an absolute dream. But at the time, I didn't think much of it. I was a bit younger and, and just, yeah, whatever, you know, like it is what it is. But, um, yeah, I mean, playing in a game against David Beckham as well. I played against him a couple of times. In the Olympics, we played against guys like uh, Mascherano, um, Tevez. They eventually went on to, to win the Olympics without conceding a single goal. You know, So definitely some incredible players um, to play against or play with. Yeah, yeah. It's, been, it's been nice. Good on you, Alex. Hey, Alex, um, you've got the finals coming up. You've got... Uh the week off after this final round, um, I guess after last year, uh, you won't be taking anything for granted. So uh, uh, you'll um, hopefully, from your point of view, uh, maybe turn the tables if you get the chance to, to play uh, against Perth in the grand final and, uh, and and get the result to get that fairy tale ending, mate. So so we wish you luck and uh, we thank you for uh, for giving us so much joy. Um, you're a player that plays with a smile on your face and uh, you've managed to, uh, to get through an entire career without being one of those players that other fans can't stand. I think uh, I think you're the sort I of think, bloke I think that's that people exactly like. what I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I think we <laughs> But uh, no, good on you, Alex, and um, good good luck in retirement. We hope you stay in football, mate, and uh, um, and we wish you your luck um, at the at the back end of this season. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah, Alex Brockstein. He's uh, he's he's. In, uh, I, I tend to think he's not a player that that um, that other people, um, other fans. No, don't he's, like. look, he's, he's he's been superb. I mean, you know, I'm I'm not close to him, but I'm close to Terry, one mm. of one of his closest mates, and uh, um, you know, and I was there at that celebration, yes, and I saw were. how they celebrated, and it's mm. just very really proud to be part of it just to be mm. invited there and and i was so pleased for them and but he's been outstanding in the past three, and do you give years. him a, a genuine chance i of, do yeah. absolutely yeah i do and, and and you know he's been a big part of this season getting them there as well yeah he has been he, and a leader as well he going is. from a, a guy who said massive. you know mentally in the early stages yeah. of career he, he didn't have what it took but all these years later he's uh, he's a leader in that department absolutely with, uh, with and it'd be good to go out and win it 
Yeah, oh, okay. Well, good luck to Alex Brosk as well as all the other retiring players in the A-League. Well, we're going to go uh, into the final round of the A-League in a little bit more detail with Jono, who's going to come up after the break, and he's going to tell us who won the oh, tipping. Yeah. Who got, could have won? I've got won. a feeling I didn't win it. Oh, I'm just uh, getting a little bit nervous. Stick around. That's next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Well, we listen to Martin Tyler say, can you believe it? Several times every week. But can you believe that the A-League season after that interminable wait every year is almost over? Uh, Dino and Edge and I are going to go through the round. However, as we've already suggested at the top of the show, we're going to go through it with our little mate Jono, uh, the St Kevin's boy, who has been monitoring our tipping efforts. Originally, Under the strict Edge, guidance of uh, his father. And KPMG, yeah, of course. Um, uh, we, we were... You were aware for a while in the early days of this show that Jono was keeping a, a league table, but we weren't. And then uh, we invited Jono in for the first time last year, and um, and uh, he's uh, he's kept his job for another year. Jono, welcome uh, back to the studio, mate. It's good to it's good to be here. That's he good. He actually listens, obviously, to the show fairly regularly, and he gets a lot of fun out of Dean. I don't know if he likes you too much, Rob. Yeah, well, so, uh, Jono, um, why would Edge throw you under the bus like that if you, you know, saying know. you don't like just, me? Just say after after the tips, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, okay. <laughs> hey, well, Jono, let's get into it. Give us the uh, the table. Uh, do you want to go through the rules at all um, beforehand or um, not? So, yeah, the rules are just um, every tip you get right, you get one point. If you weren't there... Then you get zero this year, so. Yeah, I've been hurt yeah, by that. that. I oh, think Edge has gone, Edge has gone right over that's the why cliff. That's nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might be a long way behind. Anyway, John, so, what else? Any other rules you want to? No, play? I think that was it. Okay, well let's um, <laughs> let's go through the table. All right, so in third place, this was not his best year. Uh, cl- clearly this shows I have no relation to him, Edge. Mm-hmm. With yes. 46. Oh, Edge, seriously. I mean, the champion. I've been away too often. No, I, I don't really think that's been the cause of it. Do you, Dino? I, I think, was sending uh, emails with tips, uh, wasn't I? Exactly. Well, sending, often sending his tips through. Yeah, yeah. often. So, well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not. A, Dean's extremely happy when we're in third place. I have, I am the reigning I'll champion. I'll take second now. <laughs> okay, Jono, who's in second? All right, so in second place with 47. Ooh. I'm only one behind you, Dino. No. He might have suffered from tipping Newcastle. Yeah, it's it's too too yeah. <laughs> is Dino. Yeah, Dino. yeah. Oh, it, it was a bane. I'm, I'm having words with Laurie McKenna and uh, and the manager. And and Rob's and just pumping these fists. You want to see? Go look at, look at him go. In uh, first place with 54 points. Clean up. The new Mr. Football, Rob. <laughs> Guys, what can I say? Brilliant. The bloke who uh, had the the most humble career. In this studio, basically played zero football, but um, you know I, I don't pride myself on being an expert, just a, just a fan from the the bleachers. And uh, I th- you know, I, I'm just I so just... proud of this moment. I want to thank my friends, my family. <laughs> <laughs> can I tell you, since he's been to England, and we all know where he's been. He's been to the Molyneux, yeah, he's, he's been, been to, to Stamford Bridge, Bridge he's been, been to, to the, the Cop. Cop, and <laughs> at, so I think a bit of that has rubbed off, and he's gone. Oh, I've got to think it a bit different now. 
Come well, straight well up to the table. Well done, Rob. Well, well, well the guys, I must be listening to you, so I'm going to be very <laughs> humble. I would, I would suggest you don't listen to us. <laughs> well, stick, stick with us, John Owen. You can have, um, have, a, little uh, tip in have here. a tip in here as well. But obviously, um, we're recording this uh, podcast on... So just to be clear, I can't lose now, can you I? Are no, no, home you are home and host, mate. We, we, we buy you beers I'm, I'm, the Perth, I'm the Perth glory. You are the Perth glory this year. Well done, well done, Rob. The... Uh, obviously, Brisbane Raw went down to Adelaide 5-3, which is a very entertaining game mm. at uh, Suncorp Stadium. Um, lots of uh, food for thought for Robbie Fowler, no doubt. But uh, a big game, uh, Melbourne City and Central Coast Mariners. Um, Dino, why don't you just paint the picture of what Melbourne City need to do to sneak into fifth <coughs> position and avoid having to play a Melbourne victory? There's, a, there's an awful lot they've got to do. Um, they've obviously got to win, um, and they've also got to score goals. Uh, the goal difference between them and uh, Wellington Phoenix is uh, it's six goals. So you're looking for Wellington Phoenix to get smashed over in Perth and Melbourne City to give uh, Melbourne, sorry, to give Central Coast a good hiding. So yeah, it's so a lot to do. Lot to do. Lot and to for do. Uh, the fans, obviously, um, Scott Jamison returned from injury. Uh, Schenkeveld also returned They're from injury. They're two good ends, to be fair. Vidisic has been promoted into the squad. He didn't play last week. Uh, Metcalf has been promoted. Abdullah has been promoted out. Uh, Richie Delat, he's been omitted. Uh, we assume it's an injury. Um, maybe not. Maybe he's resting them. Uh, Harrison Delbridge is also out. The big, the big number four at the back yeah. of the, at the back. Uh, Roston Griffiths has a hamstring, and obviously uh, Moody Najar has an ankle injury. So uh, Central Coast, uh, Connor Payne returns from injury. Uh, Mario Chabot is being promoted. Um, Stephen Mallon has been promoted. Uh, Kai Rolls is out suspended for three weeks. I think Melbourne City will be too strong. Jono, who is a big Melbourne City fan, has been a bit frustrated this year, Jono, yes. but uh, I expect uh, you think they'll win this weekend too against Central Coast. Unfortunately, uh, following them for the long amount of time, I've come to know that we've we've got quite a habit of losing games when we need to, so yeah. I'm not... Uh, this isn't positive. Yeah, but no. John, wouldn't you think, though, that with your club's record in Melbourne uh, this season, that uh, that it wouldn't be such a bad thing to, to be uh, playing Melbourne um, victory in Melbourne? Um, you know, a derby set up, we all know what can happen with derby. It means John, so. I can go to the game. Yeah, yeah it does. <laughs> so I, I would have thought that Warren Joyce would be more than happy just to, to get through this unscathed. Go through. And, and if you've got to rest uh, a couple to freshen them, freshen them up, why not? Uh, New, uh, Dino? No, it's, I'm, I'm going for Melbourne City. Too, I, I yeah. think it's Rob? a must win. Yeah, I, I'm going for City, but I, I think it, it will be close because um, you know, I will talk to Gat. Well, we, I shouldn't say we, we'll talk to Gatty. We talked to Gatty earlier and he mentioned that the likelihood of Alan Stadich um, being signed uh, pretty soon as the permanent coach. So I think he's stiffened their results. Oh, yeah. so, so I think you, they'll, give him a, they'll give him a game. Um, uh, if, um, if this tipping comp was still alive, I might be going for something a little bit more bold, but... Uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with City, but um, it it will look. So like John, are you going City? Point. No. No. What are you gonna give it? Draw or, or defeat? Draw. 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 Okay, well, draw for John showing okay. heaps of confidence for really him. What are you? Uh, City. City. Yeah. Yep. City. For uh, edge. Newcastle Jets host Sydney FC at McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle. I'm off the Jets. <laughs> 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 Let's have a. Hey, they had a good win last week. Yeah, um, Broski was confident though, chatting to him, and um, you know they, they they really fancy themselves to to puncture um, Glory's ties. Um, should they get to the grand final? Anyway, but uh, not, uh, Newcastle, Nigel Bogard has been promoted. Ronnie Vargas has been promoted. Uh, Matt Redenton has been promoted. Jack Simmons has been omitted. Hoffman has an ankle. And Sydney, there's a host of changes here. Jot van der Linden promoted. Um, Cam Devlin promoted. Joel King promoted. 
Uh, Ivanovic has been promoted, and out is Anthony Caceres, who's not been selected, and Sim De Jong, both not selected. We assume they're being rested. rested. Yeah. Unavailable is uh, obviously Warland with his ACL, Zulo with a hamstring one more week, Bahaja with his ACL, he's finished for the year. Alex Brosk, who we spoke to earlier, we know he's got a heel injury, he'll miss this week, and uh, Chris Zavella with his ACL. So um, interesting up there. Um, I think. Uh, Sydney might have, dis- yeah, I think they'll have a bit of a hangover from their long trip back from Shanghai. I think Newcastle Jets played well last week. They're actually not a bad team, Newcastle Jets, and I'm going for the Jets to win. Jets to win, mm-hmm. Edge. Okay. Dino? Uh, I'm going to go, oh, it doesn't really matter, but I'm going to go draw. Mm, I'm going for Sydney. I think you don't flirt with form. Um, Steve Corica will know that, and there will be players who are trying to get into the squad and in the starting lineup for the final. So I think Sydney just win that game. Western Sydney Wanderers versus. Uh, oh, Jono. Oh, yeah. Jono, come on, Jono. I think uh, probably Sydney. Wait. Sydney, yeah. Sydney Jono. Western Sydney Wanderers and Melbourne victory, just running through the ins and outs uh, for Western Sydney. Cordair comes in. Yaboa has been promoted. Russell has been promoted. The outs are Hamill. Unavailable is O'Doherty, Jan Yedevic and Ziegler. Melbourne victory. In comes Corey Brown and Joshua Hope. There's no outs at this stage. And obviously this game being on Sunday means uh, there is a couple of... Uh, or Saturday night, I should say. Uh, we're still waiting for some more selection details. But um, interesting up there. I actually tipped at Western Sydney to beat Brisbane last week and it didn't happen. Oh, I actually I mean, thought... Have Victory got anything to play for apart from form? Form, I think, is important. Yeah, I do. But yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. I just uh, I thought Western Sydney were, were developing a bit of um, momentum. Uh, they've obviously got Mark Ridge to send off. He's obviously retired at the end of the year, so it'll be a big night for... A big, big emotional yeah, night. We'll be He's been one of their foundation now. players, obviously. Um, so yeah, you're going for Edge? A Melbourne victory. I'm going to go as well. I'm with you. Um, I think victory won't... They'll want to go in really red-hot form, ready to go for the first final. Jono doesn't like victory. Who do you think? I think it's going to be a draw, actually. It's going to be a draw? Yeah, going yeah. for a couple of draws, Jono. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think after losing uh, to the Central Coast 3-1 last week that uh, the Wanderers may well be already on the beach. So victory to just fine-tune their finals camp. And the final game is obviously the distance derby, as they call it, Perth mm-hmm. Glory, hosting Wellington Phoenix, who left three days ago to get there. They probably use every mode of transport to get there, but uh, Perth Glory, um, obviously in a great situation, uh, can't lose top spot. They will be able to um, uh, rest their players and get them cherry ripe. Uh, into the squad for Perth Glory, Jason Davidson, after his little knee problem. Uh, Dino Julbic, he's been promoted. Andy Keogh promoted. Matthew Speranovic promoted. Chris O'Connor-Medes returns from injury. And Wanade also returns from injury. Outs are Harold, who has been omitted. Wilson omitted. Italiano omitted. And uh, Christian Popovic omitted. Who'd you fancy? Wellington, um, Inns, uh, Ryan Lowry, uh, Wayne and Stensesis. Uh, yeah. Out is Gully. Fenton, obviously, is still out uh, for yeah, the rest that, of the yeah, year. He's done. Um, for me, Perth Glory. Yeah, Perth Glory. Look, look at all those ins. It's incredible. How are you going to pick a team out of that? For me, uh, yeah. good to see uh, young Popovich come onto the pitch. And his running style's very, very familiar. Looks a bit like <laughs> yeah. his dad. You know, well, he plays in a different position. but he There is very big well. reps on him. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going for Perth. Yeah, I'm going for Glory as well, but uh, but again, this will be a really tight match. Obviously, Popper's not going to want to go into the finals off the back of two losses, uh, but um, Mark Rudin will have uh, some plans for for you know fine tuning his team going into the finals. So Jono, expect the result. What's yours, yeah, mate? I think Perth Perth will be too uh, strong too. Okay. So. so Dino, you and I, I'm one point behind you, and there's only one game we're different. Is that right? 
I've think gone so. for Newcastle. Oh, you've yeah. gone for a draw. Yeah. So, so if Newcastle win, we we draw. We we, we come draw. level. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So that means when we're level, a strategy in both our points get allocated to each other and we win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> All right, boys. Let's wrap it up. John, hey mate, look, thank you for we'll another you, big season. We're going to bring you back for the Europe edition. Yeah. Well, but but thank you for for getting involved, mate, and and having some fun with us. You represent our younger audience, of which we hope there are a few, and it's it's good to know that you can count well the. <laughs> the the attention in Kevin's college are told you, and uh, and you've made sure that. But I he can't listen to us on his phone. <laughs> okay, not at school anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well that's uh, the first hour of Box to Box done and dusted. Stick around because we are going to talk to uh, Willem again after the break with um, Socceroos and Matilda Central. Optus Sports Richard Bayless is going to talk to us from London. Dino back with Europe and stoppage time, of course. That's all next on Box to Box. Now, this is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage moving Absolutely fantastic! Welcome back to Box to Box, second edition news shortly, including Socceroos and Matilda Central. Optus Sports' Richard Bayless. Fresh on the ground in the UK to watch some exciting times at the back end of the European season. We're going to talk more Europe, of course, with Dino, and we will wrap it up with stoppage time. But our friend Willem, you have a bit more to talk to us about in the world of news and a hell of a lot uh, around the the international uh, goings-on with uh, the males and females of Australia. Socceroos and Matilda Central for the Green and Gold Army. Join the Matildas in France for the 2019 FIFA Women's World Cup with the Green and Gold Army. The highlight of the week came in Orlando, where Emily Van Egmont set up Alana Kennedy for a remarkable bicycle kick goal in the NWSL. Playing for Orlando Pride, Kennedy opened the scoring in a 1-1 draw with Rain FC. Sam Kerr also found the score sheet for Chicago Red Stars as they drew 4-all with Portland Thorns. Caitlin Ford and Ellie Carpenter both played the full 90 for Portland. There's obviously a bit of a injury watch on some of the girls over there. Steph Catley has a calf. She hasn't played. Kai Simon's coming back from that ankle reconstruction. Uh, Chloe Legazzo has a problem and still hasn't played, as has Hayley Rasso. So we have um, some big prive movers for the Matildas out of action at the moment it is a bit of a worry. There's going to be somebody, yeah, there's going to be heartbreak stories. There, there is going to be heartbreak stories, absolutely. But, but um, some, you know, uh, Steph Catley in particular, mm. we cannot lose her. She's not played a lot of football in the last 12 months. She's had a, mm. a string of injuries and uh, she picked up the calf injury, as I understand it, in the camp. And um, Saddle Rain, who she's a prime mover for, not happy Jan. Mm. Miller Yedinak turned back the clock with a commanding display for Aston Villa, which has assured them of a playoff position in the championship. Yedinak played in defence as Villa defeated Millwall 1-0, where James Meredith played 64 minutes for the opposition. Staying in the championship, Jackson Irvine, Masluongo, Bailey Wright and Ryan Williams all tasted defeat. Notably, Irvine was handed the captain's armband for the first time for Hull, so congratulations there, Jackson. That's off. Hey, Willem, got a question for you. Did Miller Yedinak retire from international duty too soon? I think a bit of a conspiracy here. Arnie would have picked only he or Milligan. I would have been happy had it have gone either way. I thought maybe Yedinak could have played a couple more years in centre centre of defence. Uh, he was probably didn't have the legs to go in the middle anymore. But perhaps he did retire a little bit early. What do you reckon? Definitely could have used him in the Asian Cup with a young uh, squad, especially after he lost those uh, inexperienced uh, those experienced players to injury. Oh, we, we definitely when when there was no Moy and no. Um, Boyle, in particular, those two players, um, 
I just felt that uh, we could have used his steel. He's also so physical, and um, although he's not played a lot for Aston Villa, though the track watchers that I know in Burnham said he was the last two games he's been fabulous. Black like he's him, been though. very you, you, very good. You, you you give him a little bit of leeway, don't you, when when they want to extend their club career too? Because, you do. Uh, he probably would have. There's yeah. probably an extra season he's going to take. Well, he was going to miss a, a, a month. Uh, playing for the Socceroos at the Asian Cup. And I imagine, well, back at the time when he made mm. the decision, Steve Bruce probably tapped him on the shoulder and said, hang on, we need you. They had a change of coach. I just think that uh, uh, looking at um, the Australians in the championship at the moment, uh, at the moment, he's playing exceptionally well. Still a long way out with this talk that he might be lured home to MacArthur Southwest. Still over a year yeah, and a bit, but it's yeah. a possibility. It'd be good to see, wouldn't it? In the Asian Champions League, Milos Degenek's Al-Hilal remained top of their group after a 1-0 win over Iranian side Esteglal. Uh, it's not looking so good for Andrew Naboot, however. His Euro Reds sit third in their group after losing to John Book Motors. And Milos Degenek in that game, huge game in the Middle East. Uh, they travelled from his club from Riyadh in Saudi Arabia to uh, Abu Dhabi. Um, they beat the big club in the UAE, so he was uh, voted um, man of the match. Manchester United are again in crisis after a tame 2-0 loss effectively handed Manchester City the Premier League title. It came in the same week... (laughs) Liverpool fans will be happy with that, (laughs) Will. It came in the same week they conceded four against Everton. The most passionate former Red, Gary Neville, had this to say. I've often said that clubs over the last seven years, if you've got weeds in the garden, you've got to get rid of them. But there's some Japanese knotweed at that football club. And it's attacking the foundations of the house that needs dealing with properly. There you go, Japanese not weak. Six losses from the last eight <laughs> games had seen Paul Pogba issue a rallying cry to his teammates, but Roy Keane, another United legend, claimed he wouldn't believe a word Pogba said. I don't know if you guys saw the BBC commentary, but Roy Keane was fired up, angry, and he was fantastic, I thought, telling it how it was. Well, Pogba is being lined up. If he's, he's definitely going to be shot in the off-season, isn't he? As he yeah, but, but you know he's been named in the um, in the the Premier League Player, uh, players team player of the year. team of the year and and most sellers missed out so uh, go figure. But they I mean we'll ask Dino about this in the European segment but um, a lot of pundits in the UK fingering Pogba for the uh, off field unrest and also not delivering in big games. Yeah, you got what you want. Mourinho's gone. Um, I think. Pogba, Martial, Lukaku and Lingard need to look at themselves. They're professionals, but they don't seem to self-start. They seem to always need their ego stroked to click into gear. And Sanchez on arguably, uh, rumoured, uh, we don't know for sure, but it's probably pretty right, £500,000 a week to uh, not get a game. Mm. Be handy, Rob, wouldn't it? <laughs> 24 million quid a year? Very nice. Be handy, wouldn't it? It would be. Imagine, the, uh, imagine what he could buy in Santiago, Chile with that. Thank you, brother. He'd have the best house in the city, wouldn't he? He would. Spanish football club Marsa have declared Real Madrid are planning to loan out Gareth Bale, given an absence of permanent offers for his services. Despite four Champions League medals in five seasons, Bale has been roundly booed at the Bernabeu of late, with Marsa also reporting Eden Hazard will be coming in the other way. For mine, Gareth has to get back to England where he's appreciated rather than waste his last prime years with these spoilt Madrid fans. Depends if he feels at home in Spain. I don't, don't know his personal well, situation. John, Jonathan happy. Barnett, his manager, came out recently and, and really had a rip at, um, at the fans. Uh, uh, there's been some suggestions that players have leaked that he's, he's not a team player. He doesn't go out um, with the boys uh, at all. Um, he speaks and, Spanish, does it? And, 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 no. that, and that's the third thing, yeah. and he doesn't speak Spanish right, as well. Okay. So, uh, you reckon he would have tried to do that? He's been there a long time. Would, mm. I mean, that's that's a bit of an indictment on him, isn't it? Yeah, but he, he, when when he's been on the on the park, no, he, he's performed, hasn't he? Think about socially in the mm. group and training and stuff. Yeah, I mean, that surprises me. He's been there how many years? Yeah, he? but there's a lot of players and coaches in the Premier League who, who don't speak um, 
for language, isn't it? Yeah, but they make an effort. You know, you would have thought he's been there that long that he would have learned Spanish. It would have made a big difference, I reckon. Back locally, former Perth Glory striker Nick Merger has faced a Perth court on 23 drugs, weapons and stolen property charges. Merger, who also played for Central Coast and Melbourne Victory, told the Fremantle Magistrates Court he'll plead not guilty to the charges, which include possession of methamphetamine, a firearm and stolen property. It comes just months after another former Perth player, Adrian Caceres, fronted court on similar drugs charges. Well, I guess we have to acknowledge that he's pleaded not guilty, but um, these stories... 23 charges, right? Uh, yeah, um, are not good, are they? And I still remember all those years ago when the A-League started that uh, there was a campaign, a TV and radio campaign, where uh, they were um, were playing off the back of, of some... Um, of some, the names, the surnames of some players, mm. and Nick Merger was one of them, and... Uh, yeah, a long way from um, being put up as a poster boy for the brand new competition to um, facing the Fremantle Magistrates Court. Uh, interesting, wasn't it? Because we we had um, a pretty good run in football with mm. uh, drug related issues, but we've mm. had those two incidents. But if you know a few people in law enforcement, the uh, and you ask questions about just sort of you know what happens in the uh, the drug scene in Australia, Perth is mm. the hotbed of it at the moment. Just and and um, it's, there's so much of it over there, yeah. disproportionately compared to the other cities yeah, yeah. on a proportional population basis. So, um, but 23 chart, including firearms, it's nasty. Yeah, shotgun. What's going on there? Gee, we'll find out there in time, no doubt. Mm. Yeah. On a lighter note, one of the A League's most loved imports, certainly by myself, Enrique, yeah. has departed Brisbane oh, yeah, Raw the slippery for the final fish. time. <laughs> the slippery fish cried tears of joy as he recalled his grand final heroics for the Raw. He, of course, scored the equaliser and win- winning penalty in their 2011 grand final win. And the winner in the 2014 grand final. That was a great team, that Brisbane team, wasn't it? It was, and he he was very important to them, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. It was look a real favourite of mine too, Willem. Not, um, not necessarily the best player, but a true yeah, character. Yeah, Love yeah. the fans. Love a little the club. super sub for a lot of his career. He'd come off the bench and and do well. Um, could finish, and uh, obviously Ricky, as he was known up there, um, very popular within the the Brisbane fans and also the uh, the players. So. The slippery fish. I think he's retired two or three times in his career. I wonder if he'll make a comeback. <laughs> oh, this looks just about final to me. It unfortunately. does. But um, and again, fab- I wonder if he'll stay in Australia. But fabulous, um, uh, fabulous, you know, import story. Mm. Uh, Australia's developed a real connection with uh, with the slippery fish, Ricky Onorike. So yeah. he did say he'll be in the stands watching the club from now on. So yeah, he might, um, yeah, might stay. He's good been on him. Long enough. Good on him. I wonder if he's an Australian citizen yet. Mm. Well done, Willem. Thank you. Okay, stick around. Uh, we are going to talk to Richard Ballas. He's, uh, he's just headed off to the UK and he's, uh, he's going to a stack of games. He's a Leeds man himself. I was chatting to him before he headed off and he was hoping to see Leeds play in the, the game that guaranteed... Poor bloke um, just wanted to get on the plane and you were talking to him. Well, he, he eventually got on, thank God, because he's going to talk to us after the break on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Yes, this is Box to Box. And a lot of football people in Australia would say that uh, our next guest has got the best job in the world, Richard Bayless, Optus Sports. He gets to watch football inside out and he's uh, now heading over, or he is over there already, he's in London as we speak, uh, uh, to watch the back end of the Premier League and Champions League and, and all the, the highlights of the sharp end of uh, football in Europe. Uh, how excited are you, Richard? G'day, guys. Well, I think uh, I think pushing through a jet lag, I think that's what's uh, keeping me excited, the fact that there's so much good football on offer. And, mm. you know, you mentioned the, the multiple competitions in the Premier League will certainly go down to the last day you would think in the Champions League as well we'll throw up 
at least one finalist that no one would have really mm. seen coming before the season started. So, um, yeah, the next couple of weeks is when it will all happen, that's for sure. So, um, before we get into the game specifically, what games are you planning to watch uh, while you're over there, mate? Well, I've got a, a bit of an admission to make. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I made sure that... I made sure that I was coming over, obviously, for the run-in, but uh, once my beloved Leeds uh, looked like they were going to do the business in the championship, and, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I, I wouldn't say I was getting too carried away, but I was relatively confident when I, uh, you know, organised for Mel McLaughlin to take over the hosting duties for me <laughs> in the studio for the uh, for the semi-finals of the Europa and Champions League. But then, obviously, since then, for anyone that's been watching, Leeds have absolutely bottled it and thrown it away. Two losses over the Easter weekend has all but ruled out them going up automatic. If they do it, they'll have to do it in the playoffs. So I made sure that I timed it around that. I go and I get to go and see them play Aston Villa. Uh, very much in form, Aston Villa with Mila mm. Yedinak, of course, in the side for them at the moment. Ten matches in a row they've won Villa and they're looking really good to come up too. But, you know, I get that little bit of, uh, I guess, personal football enjoyment out of the way and then it's uh, into the serious business. Yeah, so so the, that's the Ellen Road match. You're going to see Leeds, Villa and uh, and a few other games in the Premier League uh, as, as we go through. And uh, will you get to uh, the Champions League uh, uh, matches whilst you're there? They're on the, the, the 1st and, and 2nd of May. Uh, uh, the uh, the home game at uh, at Spurs New Stadium. Do you, will you get along to that one? Yeah, so so I'll do that uh, that match up that tie both home and away for mm-hmm. for Spurs and Ajax. And you know, for anyone that's sort of been watching off the sport throughout the season, mm-hmm. Kelly Summers and Jules Breach do a great job doing uh, sidelines. So I didn't want to come over and uh, completely steal their gig. They'll yes. they'll yeah. do the the Barcelona and Manchester United semi final tie. And, and as well, of course, there's both Arsenal and Chelsea in the semi-final of the Europa League. So I'll do both of those home legs and mm-hmm. uh, and also a couple of Premier League games. It really depends on how it plays out. And in the Premier League, it looks as though at the moment it will go to the last weekend. And yeah. whether Liverpool or Manchester City can drop points, I seriously doubt they will, just given the form they're in at the moment. But anything could happen in the last couple of weeks, given the pressure on the title race as well. So I'll be on standby to follow that title race, regardless of how it goes. Yeah, so as you say, that with, with three games to go, the, 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 regardless of whether Liverpool and City, I guess for, for it to still be alive, there are any number of uh, scenarios. But uh, assuming that both teams will, will win their next two games, that final weekend, uh, it, it'll only take for... Uh, well, City would need to draw and, and Liverpool will need to keep winning for Liverpool to, to overlap them. So City just, they don't, they can they can um, not afford to, to stumble at all. Otherwise, uh, if Liverpool keep winning it uh, with that one point gap, uh, they'll, they'll just finish over the top of them. Yeah, exactly. It's a remarkable situation because for City to go all the way and, and win the remaining fixtures, they would have to win their final 14 games of the season, which has never been done before. But having got through both Tottenham and Manchester United in the past five or six days, you suspect that they're unlikely to drop points. So you look at a situation where Liverpool could finish second in the title race with 97 points and only one defeat across the season, which, you know, for anyone that's followed Liverpool for a long period of time, or even if you're new to it, I mean, that, that's ridiculous in terms of the stats. And, and to mount a season quite that good and not come away with that elusive Premier League title would be remarkable. I mean, they've got arguably the easier run. They've got Huddersfield on Saturday morning Australian time. And, of course, Huddersfield have been woeful all season long. Then they've got a, t- a couple of tricky ones. Newcastle away is where, of course, Manchester City slipped up. So it's not beyond the realms of possibility that Liverpool won't win that one. But in the final day against Wolves, who have been the giant killers of the season so far. Mm. They're so good against the top six, they could yet spoil the party at Anfield on the final day. So, you know, even when you look at Liverpool and say they should get the business done over the final three, there are some challenges. And then City have Leicester, Burnley and uh, Brighton, who have themselves been woeful uh, on the final day. So uh, you suspect there could be a twist and turn yet, but if you look at form, it's really City's to throw away. 
This is Box to Box on NTS News Talks. What we're talking to Optus Sports, Richard Bayless, who's over in the UK to cover the final stages of the Premier League and Champions League. Dino, mate, you're pumped up about it all. Yeah, look, uh, I'm I'm pretty excited about this. Obviously, growing up in England, um, and I'm a Derby fan because that was my dad's last team that he played for. So uh, I ended up being a Derby fan, and they're in the playoffs. But I think going back to to, to the team that was winning a lot when I was a kid was Liverpool. So they were like your second team because they're always in good, you know, winning the leagues and getting into European competition. But I think with this one, it, it's unbelievable that Liverpool could possibly go the whole season with one defeat and not win the league. It's just unbelievable. It, it is. And, and you know, the PFA Team of the Year has also just come out and then landed on the front pages over here in London, which is fascinating reading because there's only one player that's not from City or Liverpool, and that's Paul Pogba. Yeah, that's we're talking a, about a massive... <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? And like the debate on social media has already taken off, and whether or not he should be in there will rage on, particularly when Eden Hazard's not in there. But what I find interesting about Liverpool this season is that, you know, for all we talk about, you know, Mane and, and Salah, Firmino, only Mane is in there from the front yeah. three of Liverpool. It's, it's their defence this season which yeah. has really kind of put them up where they are. Van you know, Dijk, yeah. He's been remarkable, and their fullbacks in particular, you know, Alexander Arnold, Arnold and Robinson, yeah. they've been the big turnaround. But the way they create and just how high they get, we know that. You know, in modern football, high fullbacks is almost, you know, the litmus test of whether you've got a good attacking side. And they've been fantastic. And, you know, the remarkable thing is 12 months, 14, um, sorry, 24 months ago, you would have said Liverpool, yeah, they can score, but they can't defend. So there is literally the, the rock solid foundations there for them to be successful over the next couple of years. You just hope that the world doesn't end for any Liverpool fan that uh, potentially misses out on it this year, having got so close. I think also with that, with that Richard, as well, it's not only just the league. I mean, the, the one game that could be just a slight banana skin is Burnley Man City. Now, we all know that Burnley have only just made themselves safe, but what, what I heard a stat... Uh, yesterday on Talk Sport that in the second half of the season they would be fifth in the league. That's their form. Yeah, absolutely. So, and and they're been, very tough at, tough at tor- Turf Moor as well. They are one of the more remarkable football grounds in England given that Turf Moor is almost the size of Burnley in itself. It is. And, you know, <laughs> it, is. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to, to us in Australia, does it? But uh, over here it's it's part of the course to have that much support in essentially a small town. But you know they started the season so poorly, Burnley, but as you mentioned, since Christmas, they've been in really good form. They know how to spoil teams. They like to, they're a little bit like Wolves. They like to give the ball away to the opposition and almost just sit back. I mean, they frustrated the hell out of Chelsea last week in that two-all draw where um, you know they basically didn't have any of the ball. And Chelsea accused them of playing anti-football. But at the end of the day, if you know how to get points against the big boys, which Burnley have proven over the last couple of years, you know, why not? They're about to embark on a fourth Premier League season consecutively. And under Sean Dyche, you wouldn't have put too much money on that a few years ago. Manchester City, however, they absolutely sumped Burnley earlier in the season 5-0, which they tend to do with the Etihad. You just suspect that away Different on a ground, difficult yeah. afternoon... More, yeah, it could be the one you know in the run in for Manchester City, who then have to play Leicester, of course, a team they they lost to earlier in the season when they had that really shaky run, sort of mid-season before they beat Liverpool. It's by no means settled, but you just kind of look at it and think, you know, they had two big tests this week away to Manchester United and against Tottenham after that uh, epic Champions League game, and they weathered that storm. So you know, it would be massively ironic if they were to slip over these final couple of matches. So to skip over to the Champions League. What are you, what are your predictions there? You, you've got, I, I think. You got the more exciting of the of the home and away ties with that incredibly uh, uh, talented young Ajax side uh, up against Spurs. Um, Son out in the first leg, Harry Kane injured. Uh, so th- that that of the two uh, uh, semi finals looks like the the more tantalising one, doesn't it? 
Yeah, and certainly given the history of the, of the sides, I mean, Tottenham have never made it this far in the European Cup, and Ajax haven't been there for well over 20 years. They had a great sort of 90s era with good young players, and it's sort of reminiscent of the moment of that era for Ajax. The, the, in an attacking sense, they've been unbelievable. Their front three, I mean, Neres and Zayac, and Tadic, who's been, sort of come from the clouds after having been at Southampton, he looks like a, a totally different player, and they're the Harlem Globetrotters of European football at the moment. Some of the goals they're scoring domestically and in Europe are insane, and there's absolutely no reason why Ajax couldn't go into this one as favourites, because having knocked out Real Madrid and Juventus, no one would want to play a young team with this much confidence. They know they, they'll have their best players taken away from them after this season. Uh, Frankie de Jong's already on his way to Barcelona. Uh, Matthias de Ligt is probably headed there as well. And, you know, they won't be scared of Tottenham, no way about it. And certainly Tottenham without Son, without Kane, they'll be up against it. But this, this is kind of when Maurizio Pochettino, Spurs boss, um, you know, seems to overcome these hurdles. He's got a good young group, famously didn't sign anyone in either transfer window and you know, there's a group there that truly believes that they can do it. So I think you're right. I think this one, probably because it might be a once-off opportunity for both of these clubs in this era to get to a Champions League final. And regardless of who they play against, either Barcelona or Liverpool, they'll be the outsiders. But, you know, you would think as a result, they'll throw, they'll throw caution to the wind and we should get two great ties. What do you think with, with regards to the Barcelona-Liverpool? Do you think it's a good, from Liverpool's point of view, playing away first and obviously going to get, trying to get away goals? Well... I'm not sure whether it's as good for Liverpool as it's maybe a disadvantage for Barcelona. I mean, I say I say a disadvantage. You need to try to find them when you can against Barcelona. But they've just gone away from home in their last couple of uh, knockout ties and come back home knowing that they can rely on that amazing home record. So if they don't get, you know, a really positive first up victory at home, then the pressure goes on to Barca, and we know that those big European nights at Anfield could turn the tie against them. But I think when you're looking at a side like Barcelona, who earmarked the Champions League this season as the one competition they want, wanted to win. Remember, they've seen Real Madrid win four out of five over the last couple of years in the Champions League, which would have stung them no end. So, you know, as well as they've played domestically this season, Barcelona want to win the Champions League. There's no sort of two ways about that. So if they don't have, let's call it a two-goal advantage leaving the new camp, maybe the nerves kind of set in and it does kind of swing back towards Liverpool and, you know, running at the cop potentially in the second half of a second leg of a Champions League semi-final. If there's no greater motivation for a Liverpool player in red, I'm not too sure uh, what it could possibly be. So, you know, this one, as well as you would sort of say, Barcelona are favourites by, by far from a sure thing, that's for sure. Now, Richard, you've also got the Europa League in your sights. Uh, obviously, Arsenal, um, Valencia, and it's Eintracht, Frankfurt and Chelsea. So, this is really important for both Chelsea and Arsenal because, you know, both of them are in doubt whether, well, one of them is going to hopefully finish in the fourth spot. I mean, I think Tottenham, if they just continue on in the league, will, will get the third spot. But I can't see Man United coming back from where, where they are currently. So it's going to be really between Arsenal and uh, Chelsea for that for that really exclusive fourth spot. What's your thoughts on, on how, obviously, they'll be taking this really, really seriously? Yeah, well, first of all, Dino, I'm not sure these sides want to finish in the top four because the way this battle for <laughs> third, fourth, fifth and sixth has gone last couple of weeks, does anybody want to grab it? I mean, Arsenal smashed last night by Wolves. Tottenham Chelsea have been inconsistent. And Manchester United have fallen off the cliff. So maybe the Europa League is the only realistic way that these clubs can be sure of making it in the Champions League. But I think it's a bigger task for those two London clubs than it looks on paper. I think on track Frankfurt... Uh, certainly, smoke, I don't know if you can call a side Smokies getting to the semi-final stage, but I think they're a side that can go and win this competition. I think they can upset Chelsea 
you know, the fans and the atmosphere they create over in Frankfurt off the back of a really good domestic season in the Bundesliga. You know, they played so well at the knockout stages of the Europa League so far. I think they're a good enough side to not only knock out Chelsea, but then go and win it potentially against an Arsenal or Valencia. As for Arsenal, it's just impossible to know what you get. I mean, they've been poor at times in the Europa League, let alone in the league, you know, away from home. Valencia have all of a sudden picked it up. They started the season really poorly in Spain, but they now look a really good outfit. They'll probably make the Champions League domestically themselves. So, you know, there's two sides in Frankfurt and Valencia who aren't assured of Champions League football but won't be lacking confidence going into this one. So I would say it's pretty much even between the four, but if I had to put money on it, I think Frankfurt can win the competition. Okay, big tip there. Richard, um, we envy you, mate. Um, You're going over there as a fan to watch... uh, your beloved Leeds at Ellen Road, but uh, you're going to be on the sidelines watching some of the, the greatest football uh, uh, players in uh, in the world right now, and uh, you're going to have a hell of a time um, reporting on it. We'll be watching you on the fabulous platform of Optus Sports, and if you haven't got it yet, you, you're just crazy, because for uh, less than $15 a month, uh, you've got the app, you can watch it on multiple platforms, uh, You know whether you've got a smart TV on your phone, on your iPad, that sort of thing. Uh, we talk about it all the time, how you, know, you wake up on a Sunday morning, and uh, you, know, you can just jump on the app and uh, and go through the mini matches, catch up on everything, and uh, and you're an expert in five minutes. But um, yeah, Richard, uh, you're going to be there in the flesh, mate. So enjoy it, and uh, and thanks for uh, for coming on the show again. No worries, guys. I will try to enjoy it, and uh, <laughs> you know, maybe if it's Leeds and Derby in the playoffs, uh, let's not talk in that week. Oh, maybe okay, afterwards I'll, the theatre. Okay. Yeah, Richard, Bra- expect, get bragging rights. Expect a call uh, to come back on the show that week, mate. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. No, uh, no worries at all, guys. In, enjoy your trip, Richard. Cheers, boys. Excellent. Richard Barlas, Optus Sports. All right, Dino, we're going to talk. Edge is uh, popping back into the studio. We're going to talk more Europe after the break, aren't we? We've got we uh, a are. bit more digging to do on uh, the sharp end of the season next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal. Yes, this is Box to Box. We're going to continue with the Europe theme after chatting to Richard Bayless, who's already uh, pumped up and excited about uh, the stack of games he's going to be watching. But um, Dino, well, we could just talk for another hour if we wanted to. There's always going to be <laughs> something out there. So much to talk about. Yeah. So where are you going to start us off, Dino? Um, well, I'll just touch on the... Obviously, we touched on that with Richard. Uh, the Champions League semi-finals and also the Europa League semi-finals. Big games. Um, a lot of that's been covered earlier, but... You know, for for those who weren't listening at that stage, uh, it's Barcelona and Liverpool and Tottenham Hotspur against Ajax on Tuesday, and then the following week they they reply going the other way. So it's it's going to be interesting. Can't wait. Everybody's got you know opinions on who you know. The one thing with Tottenham, I'll just throw that in. They are missing uh, Son. Mm. He's he's suspended mm. and haven't got Harry Kane. So that they're I reckon they're a little bit light up top, uh, but they'll get him back for the second leg. Um, the Europa League, I think, you know, it's it's interesting. Arsenal and, and Chelsea are going down a path because obviously Arsenal now, with the results just recently, might not qualify for Europe. So they might need this champion, uh, the Europa League to get a Champions League spot. So I like the scenario, though, where all English teams could play in both finals. Well, it, it could be like that. Again, it, it, I don't know whether it will or won't, but it's Arsenal against uh, Valletta and Eintracht Frankfurt against Chelsea in the first week on the Thursday, and then they reverse back. And it's interesting that one team plays at home first and then has to go away, and then the other team has the opposite. So, it's, so what's your preference? Um, 
I, I, always think, would, I always think it's best to um, go away first, go away. isn't it? Yeah, me too. Yeah. And try and get something. Yeah, I, I agree. Go away and get an away goal. And, and then, then know what gives you more options. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's that. And then the Premier League, obviously, the, it's all about the, the Manchester. So, Dean, the question for you is, did Manchester United sign Ole Gunnar Solskjaer too early? Look, I think most probably in hindsight they did. And the reason for that was they were flying under his leadership prior to that. And it's always, I think, putting, they always know he's coming in temporarily. And he's obviously a legend of the club, having scored in the European Cup final. Mm. Um, but I don't see what the game was, because then all of a sudden he's the gaffer. But they know he's possibly the gaffer. Um, and I think they were on a crest of a wave. And until that would have then fallen off, then I would have done it. But if it's not, just let it go. Because as soon as they did, as you quite rightly mentioned... They free falled, mm. um, but again, hindsight. Seven out of nine. Yeah, I mean, look, they, they strategically appointed him at the right time because mm. they, they were going through that that next little batch of games or all winnable games, which he did really successfully. Then they had the unbelievable Champions League at Paris Saint Germain yeah. when they got absolutely battered at Old Trafford, um, but had had the, the ability to, to turn that whole thing around. And you're just thinking, how good's this? It's always going to be time. He, and the hairdryer keeps coming out, and look, there's only one hairdryer. But he's that's, only got a. That's a Alex. He has an op, yeah, but he has an opportunity. His face to, doesn't tell you he's going to give it a like. No, it his face. No, but but he's got to renovate the squad, and yeah. he'll get an opportunity to do that. And, and that, and that's the biggest thing. And and what they've got to do is they've got to spend a lot of money, unfortunately. And they spend. And a they, lot will. Of money. they will. They will. They will. So it's look, it's interesting. I think. Let's go to the Premier League because I, 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 I want to. Well, I was just talking about City though. On, in contrast. Yeah. Unbelievable performance. Yeah, you know, depth of their squad allows them, gives them so many And they options. do, and 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 that's why I look again. And if you touch on another team, Tottenham, with a lack of their squad and how how de- you know the depth they haven't got, and we're concerned, you know, because you've got Son out because he's suspended, and obviously Harry, Harry, Kane, Harry Kane's out. He's done an unbelievable job, Pochettino. He's been fabulous, hasn't he? And oh, I think I think despite the fact that Song's out for the first league, uh, Spurs have got an opportunity. What about the Premier League? I want to ask you, Dean. Yep. Put it put it on the on the line. Will Manchester City win the title? I think so. Yeah. The only one that I think, believe it or not, will be the tricky one is Burnley away. Turf Moor is not an easy Turf, place to go. Turf, is Turf it? Moor. I've been there myself. It's not easy there, and their their second half of the season, mm. they are they would be in fifth. If, if, you, if the season is starting yeah, halfway, they would be okay. fifth. Yeah. They'd be in the Champions League spot. Yeah. on the door. Liverpool. Jono's back, everybody. Yeah, so, but yeah. Liverpool or Manchester City to win the Premier League? Uh, I'm probably going to uh, say Manchester City. He's a City group. He's yeah. through and through. Yeah, it's, cut, it's, him, cut him open. He's, he's, he bleeds that pale pus <laughs> colour. <laughs> I, I, look, I, I, think, I, I think Liverpool will win all their games, mind you. They'll, they'll, they'll have a, they'll lose one game in the season and not win the league, which is remarkable, which is isn't just it? ridiculous. Yeah. But City, superb. The way the, the football they play and their work ethic—that's the difference. They're superstars. But you got Aguero chasing stuff, and I mean, you just going. They always appear to be super motivated. They are. They? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, that's his that's his strength, isn't it? His motivation. It but, is, and I think this is where a lot of these clubs, Tottenham, are in a good place. But what all we need now is Daniel Levy to spend a bit of money. Well, who else will uh, qualify for Europe out of, out of what's well, going to happen? Well, it's really, it's, it's a three-horse race. It's Chelsea, Arsenal or Man United. And Chelsea's in the box set. Chelsea's, yeah. well, Chelsea's, well, 
they've, they've got one less game because obviously United played yeah. overnight. Uh, but Chelsea's most probably in the box seat. But then even with Sari, they're a bit of a basket case as well. Mm. And then Arsenal have got done overnight as well against yeah. against uh, Wolves. And, and down that, the other and, end, Wolves have done really well. They by have. the way, they, they have. Yeah. And have. down the other end, well, well, really worried about Brighton. Matt Ryan's been playing so well, but they've copped uh, some some defeats, look, Brighton. He has, but he's he's look, he's a good goalkeeper. He kept them in the game this week. <laughs> Didn't you know, he? And, and, Tottenham. And he, he was got, fabulous. And, and yeah. he got and he got them not at Tottenham. It was wasn't at Tottenham. Who was it against? It wasn't Tottenham. No, they lost one nil to, to Tottenham, and then they lost three nil to Wolves. They had three, two three games. To Wolves, that's what yeah, I mean. they had yeah, three, so, th- yeah. two games in quick so, succession. So he did yeah. really well there. Yeah. Um, but the worry is, like Southampton might still get out of it, but they've got a lot of work. Well, it's to Cardiff do. or Brighton, isn't it? And um, well, the run Brighton's just, three points ahead of Cardiff, but well, they've this, got quite a good goal difference is, on is, them. This yeah. is the run in. Brighton yeah. have got Newcastle at home. Which is uh, they could get yeah, a point out of that's that. That's the big game this and week. And then they've yeah, got huge. Arsenal away, which Arsenal are going to have Manchester to win. City and Manchester home. City aren't going to no. aren't going to mess that, that no. up. Cardiff's run's got Fulham this week, mm. who are still they've actually turned they've actually two turned wins in the last three yeah. games. Yeah. Then they've got Palace, who are always up and down. Yeah. And then they've got Man United away, which now that doesn't you don't get you're not too scared of that game anymore. Mm. So, so so it's interesting. Um, so Brighton, I think Cardiff are down. You think but Neil Warnock, yeah. the, the the excitement on the, the sideline when he's uh, <laughs> coaching, it's just palpable, isn't it? And he, he, uh, he's old school. We love, him, do it, we love him. Yeah. Well, a friend of our, Dougie Hodgson, he played under That's him. Right. And he's told me many stories about the man, and he's just a ledge. Yeah, know, so, is, and yeah. I, I love him, he's, he's and he's lasted the test yeah, of time, and, and he's been successful. You talk to anybody who's worked with him, and mm. as a player, they love him. Mm. Now, the championship's got a bit of excitement. There's okay. a lot, lot going on here. I don't know where we start, but Norwich Why only have to draw this this week yeah. and they are promoted. How many games to go in the championship? Well, there's yeah. two. Two games there's two. to go. Yeah. So there's, we're, we're looking at this week's games and they're all, they're all, they've all got a, some outcome. But the big ones are Bristol City and Derby. That could define Bristol City or Derby's season. Um, Once you go through the top six. Norwich are on 88. Um, uh, 80 po- 88 points. Need one point to get promoted. Sheffield United play Ipswich this week who are bottom and relegated. So at home they should win, which then will knock Leeds out of the fight. Uh, the out of the two. automatic promotion. Yeah. And Leeds obviously lost two twice this playoffs. week. Yeah. They will be into playoffs, and they will try then. If, again, depends on how Leeds go in their fixture. With Leeds playing at home to Villa, so Villa. That's beat, a huge game. So that's Villa beat them. They go to they go four points behind. So still not enough. So yeah. I still think Leeds will finish. They'll be the top, top seed, and they will always play the, the sixth yep. seed, which could be Derby, Middlesbrough, Bristol City, really. That's it. They're, they're, they're the three. Then Aston Villa are flying. They've won 10 in a row. Yeah, they're going really Mille, well. Mille, big Millet's back as well. He is. And, the, and the, you're talking to the pundits over there. I know you um, you talked to Rob Tanner last week, but I had a couple of uh, phone discussions this weekend, uh, uh, this week with people in, in uh, Birmingham saying that... Uh, if Villa get into the playoffs, they look out. Yeah, they're, I uh, think they're the, they're the team you, to beat. They're the ones you don't want to hit. Um, mm. So, so that's realistically where. So it's for at. Australian interest, Millay Yedinak at Villa, um, obviously uh, Bailey Wright at Bristol City. They're the two clubs we want to see. Well, we can go to the bottom for another Aussie, yeah. and that's obviously the Millwall situation. So yeah, James Meredith. So yeah. what we've got now is Ipswich relegated on 28. Rotherham's in the bottom Bolton too. Gone. Ryan uh, Williams. Yeah. Now you've got Rotherham, who've got not an easy run in their two games, and then you've got Millwall, three points adrift from there, but they've got that game in hand. Mm. Um, so it depends on that game in hand, and then based on that, 
you've also got red in a safe that I mean it doesn't matter what happens if Rotherham win twice they're not going to turn the goal difference around so it's basically red in a safe and it's really down to Millwall and Blue Noses are safe now aren't they? oh they're yeah. well safe yeah. so for me I reckon it's Rotherham are down Bolton are down Ipswich down and my prediction at the other end is that Norwich, Norwich are going and Sheffield, up, are Sheffield going up. United are going up. And, they're, and then in and, the playoffs, and in they're the, going to be who? Well, I think I think Derby will get there. I think Derby are on a bit of a run. Two goals in the 94th minute. You notice how Dino said that without a... An, so the playoffs an, an, are going to be Leeds a, West a, from Aston. But it no. depends on this Bristol City. If they beat them, they're yeah. in, I think. Bristol City play Derby this week. They, they can did. beat Massive. them. Massive. Uh, anyway, let's, so it, effectively it's going to be... Um, I think Villa could be the team that goes on. Yeah, so it's Leeds... West Brom, Villa, Derby or Bristol. Okay, well done, boys. Before we go, though, we just want to quickly talk about our friends at Chemist Warehouse because we've been talking about it for weeks now, the fact that the flu vaccine can take up to three weeks before it kicks in. So arm yourself against the flu this season with the flu shot from Chemist Warehouse. It's quick, convenient and affordable. Plus, you don't need to bring in a script. The prescription and administration are provided on-site by a qualified health professional. This year, we're all going to get the quadrivalent strain, aren't we, gentlemen? We certainly are. The vaccine is only $12.99 at Chemist Warehouse, so save journey time between the chemist and the GP. Simply book your appointment, pay online and turn up. Be confident. Arm yourself with a flu vaccination from Chemist Warehouse. Book early at chemistwarehouse.com.au forward slash flu. Alright, well that is uh, the Europe done and dusted. Uh, we're going to talk stoppage time and we are going to talk a legend of the game when we uh, we come back uh, after the break because it was very sad news during the week when we heard of the passing of Billy McNeil, the former Celtic captain, first man to raise the European Cup in an English or European I should say side with Celtic. That is all coming up in stoppage time on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Yes, this is Box to Box. It's been a big show. The fourth official signals there is just a little under eight minutes left in the show. Before we get into stoppage time and uh, we are going to talk about a legend of the game uh, in... uh, well, the uh, famous Lisbon Lion, Billy McNeil. We want to talk about our friends who are legends of storage, Storage King, because uh, they are the best in the business. You get along to storageking.com.au and you will find your nearest store. They will give you back all the space you need. They are the kings of storage moving and more. They've got sizes which will cater for everyone from one square meter upwards they specialize in self-storage not only for commercial but domestic remember if you run a business and you're growing that to the extent that you, you just need that extra space get along to storage king or if your house is just cluttered you can't park the car in the garage do you know where do you go Storage King, it's the, and only, it's the only one you go to. Exactly, the easy access to your goods, high security premises, large range of boxes and packing materials, they do have it all. Now, we, we did want to acknowledge in, in this um, final segment the passing of Billy McNeil, the former Celtic captain and, and uh, uh, manager after he passed away with, after a long battle with, with Alzheimer's uh, at the age of 79 during the week. Uh, what a career he had, Dino. He played... Uh, 486 games for Celtic between 1957 and 1975. Yep. Uh, 29 caps with Scotland. Um, he was a, a decorated manager over time. Uh, he stood uh, just under six foot two in the old and was uh, a player that was a leader. He's not only um, known as uh, as the man who uh, who was synonymous with the Lisbon Lions, the, uh, the the Celtic team that won the European Cup at the Estadio Nacional in in Lisbon. Uh, they beat. Into Milan 2-1, but um, 
all but one member of the 15-man squad were born within 10 miles of Celtic Park, and he's the one man with the trophy um, raised above his head who has the statue out the front of Celtic Park. Uh, 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 just a legend of the game on any level. Oh, look, it is. It's... Um... It's most probably it's my dad's era really. My mm. dad's a little bit younger. Well, mm. he's only younger by a couple of years, mm. but he started a little bit later than uh, than than what Billy did, and um, he he's played against him at international level as well. Um, and and for me, if you look at the the Celtic side, he he was it was it was not just about. Uh, Billy McNeil and what a leader of men uh, but Bertie Old was a, a mm. player that played for my dad and when he left Celtic went to Birmingham and Bertie was the one that most probably gave my dad quite a lot of um, direction at Birmingham City he was a, he was a hard man I've met Bertie as well mm. uh, and, he, and he's a lovely fella uh, Jimmy Johnson Jinky um, what a player he was little winger I mean obviously the he was a right winger but unbelievable could run at people he was you know not 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 quite George Best, but could go past people like George Best could do. Uh, but the, the whole team was, the, even if you look at Ronnie Simpson in goal, and you know you got Bobby Lennox, uh, Willie Wallace, um, Jimmy Johnston. Jimmy Johnson. Well, Jimmy, we just touched on. Tommy Gemmell was a quality player. Bobby Murdoch. I mean, the whole team's littered with absolute quality. And and obviously, you know, there's not really teams that go to a European Cup final or now Champions League final if they haven't got some decent players in there. Um, but this was a this was a massive one because it was the first time a British team had done it, mm. and I think that was most probably they're the pioneers that then kicked on. I mean, I'll just give you a little bit of history for for all of our listeners. Mm. The European Cup it was 55-56, which was the first final, and Real Madrid won it once, twice, three times, four times, five times in the first five years. Mm. Then Benfica twice, then Milan, then Inter Milan or International. Mm as they were called. Then it went back to Real Madrid and then came Celtic. And that was the big, for me, that was the big one that then set up the next year for Manchester United. And as a young man, Willem, uh, who, who's grown up to love the game, um, you do, uh, uh, speaking to you, you know, love the history of, of the game as well. So when you when you hear of a, of a, a legend passing does that make you to go back and do a little bit of research to find out, you know, that's, just what the story is all about? That's exactly what I was going to say, Rob. As sad as it is that he has passed, it is always fantastic that I do get a chance to look back, fill in a little bit of that uh, knowledge that was missing. I had a similar experience with Gordon Banks mm. a few months back. I've just read here, Dean, that he was signed by Jock Stein at Celtic. Jock while, Stein, yeah. Jock Stein, excuse yep. me, while playing for the Scotland Schoolboys. For £250. So it's been <laughs> and, a fair investment. And that was investment. quite a bit of money then, yeah. believe it or not. Fair investment for a 60-year association with the club. And Jock Steen, you must look at Jock as well, but sadly Jock died managing Scotland mm-hmm. uh, against Wales, uh, which was very sad, and it was uh, it was in a qualifying game as well. Um, but Jock Steen was an unbelievably good manager. You know, if you and if you look at all of the Scottish managers that were before him and after him, he'd he'd be most probably one at the top of the tree, along with with Billy himself, because Billy had a good career after yep. football as a manager. So, for me, it's you know it's interesting with the uh, European Cup and that Rob is that it has trends. So when so when Celtic won it, Man United won it the year after. Then Milan, Feyenoord, Ajax, Ajax, Ajax. Then it went Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich. Mm. Then it went Liverpool, Liverpool, Forest, Forest, Liverpool, Villa. Yeah. And so you could see it was like 
one particular country would go a trend and go, well, mm. we can win this. We and all then know it about move. the Spanish trend of recent well, years. Well, we do, don't we? And uh, But no, look, I think for for all our listeners, so I'm, I'm sure we've got quite a few Scotsmen uh, and Scots uh, women uh, that will be very sad by the news, uh, but he was uh, surrounded by his family um, and, and he had a lot of good friends and everybody to put from my point of view from 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 people i've spoken to is that no one could say really a bad word about him he was a hard man but a fair man and he was much loved yeah exactly and 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 that piece of history that he holds as the very first captain from a a uk um, team to uh, to hold that european trophy and, and set the agenda for all those other clubs for, you know, young men like you, Willem, to uh, to enjoy, you know, those uh, those wonderful midweek nights uh, of Europe, European football. That's it. Yeah, exactly. So we say Val to Billy McNeil, the uh, the passing of the MBE, 1974. He was uh, awarded to the Scottish Sports Hall of Fame. He um, he was voted Celtic's greatest captain in a 2002 fans poll. And the following year, he also stood as a candidate in the Scottish Senior Citizens Unity Party in the Scottish parliamentary election. He <laughs> Ferdingham did it all. He was given a Celtic ambassador role in 2009 and a statue of him, as we've already said, was uh, erected at Celtic Park in 2015. And uh, we'll finish by saying, uh, Billy McDeal, quote, he said that Celtic has been in my blood and a part of my life for so many years. And to be recognised in this way by the club I love is truly humbling. So we say farewell to a legend of, uh, of football. Good segment. Oh, really Thank good. Thank you. Dino, Willem, Thank you. Nige pressing the buttons. Join us, ladies and gentlemen, next week when we go from one end of the pitch to the other in the World Game on Box to Box.